scary crit. Hello, okay. podcast people. Nice hey. to see you again. <laughs> Happy, um, well, uh, middle of February. Feb- yes. yes. It's, we just left Valentine's Day. Now into the rest of the month. I don't even know what, I don't know. <laughs> Isn't today a holiday? Isn't it like? It's President's it's Day. Day. Yeah, it's President's Day. Okay. So, yeah. Well, new week. Uh, new Scary Crit. Hello. <laughs> um, so I have a question for this week. Yes, ask um, away. So which character's death in a horror movie puts you in your feelings? Like made you feel a type of way? Like, like made you upset? What, you know? Okay, good. I'm glad you said it like that. Because at first when you asked, I was like, ah, oh, maybe he means like sad. And the only people I'm really sad for are like animals. Like when they kill the dogs, I get really upset. <laughs> But the, the the death that made me mad, like, like made me pause the movie and go back and finish it later oh, was no. when Kia died in Freddy versus Jason. Cause she ain't have to. She Kelly Rowland did not have to sacrifice her red tinted hair to save them two little white people. Child, we had a dilemma and Nellie was not there to save her. <gasps> upset i was so upset and i'm like you know what jason do it do the thing do all of because i was pissed off at the whole the whole setup and then like her the banter was problematic and i'm just like uh yeah i'm like did she really just use the f word she did she did and i swear i did not catch that until i was older and i was just like i was shocked i'm like no not kelly saying that not y'all making kelly say that no i was yeah i was upset but that that aside, I did like the banter because it's like, wait, we're seeing one of us going head to head with one of the icons of horror and like taunting him. But that's what, that's what makes me mad because it wasn't like she was going head to head. Like, yeah, I'm going to fight for my survival. She, the only reason she did it was to save the girl and the boy who left her. That's the crazy thing to me, because they were standing there, and I, first of all, first of all, I don't care if you call my name. <laughs> if you're not my intended target, I'm not leaving. I'm not, I'm not getting distracted. That was stupid that he even went over in the first place. But then for the two of them to just stand there after she's like, hey, Freddie, and he like turns around, like, and then he makes that like dark meat comment. Oh God, here we go. See, it's just, oh God. But then they, he, the boyfriend was like, yeah, let's go. Let's go right now. And she's like, oh no, Kia. But you still ran off. Like you didn't call Freddie. She didn't try. She didn't try nearly (laughs) hard enough. Like if that was your friend, you didn't try nearly hard enough to save her. So, but yeah, they did. They did Kelly Dirty. She got knocked so hard. And the way she fell down that tree, girl. It was almost hilarious yeah. how ridiculous it was. Yeah. But yeah, they did. They did. Because Jason lot. basically pimp slapped her with a machete. <laughs> yeah, I got a whole lot of strength and a slap a bitch off. It was a lot. Strength <laughs> in that arm. But yes, it was just like, and you got walking around with these little knives, and Jason has this big old, and Freddie's just like, turn around. And then, whoop. Yeah, it was <laughs> over. So, okay. What about you? Um, so HBO Max, you know, the, the streaming queen, um, put the entire Saw collection 
on, I think about last week. And I love those movies. I really do. Um, I, I personally don't, but I don't, I personally don't see it as torture porn as a lot of critics and people say it is like I get the gore is like you know but it's saw that's the signature of the series you're making a face so let me let me continue let me continue okay hold on um but I I enjoy the series because I really enjoy the fact that you know for seven whole movies yes for seven whole movies like each movie things just keep getting like deeper and uh, the plot literally keeps like thickening and um it's like something we'll see something in one movie and we won't see it again until almost two movies later but then it makes perfect sense like with um the chest that john left for jill I, anyway the death we need that, to, to set a episode aside to have a very riveting discussion on our differing opinions of the saw franchise okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll save that as a special um <laughs> so the death uh and horror that got me and my feelings was in Saw 6 there is a character named uh, Special Agent Lindsay Perez and um, it looked like she had been killed off in Saw 4 but uh, in spoilers people but um, because she had gotten like caught in a trap but she was she actually survived the trap but she was kept like her death was like, you know, fabricated in order to protect her because they didn't know who Jigsaw's other accomplice was. So in this movie, basically um, she finds out the identity of Jigsaw's accomplice, which is another um, officer. The other agent, yeah. Um, Hoffman, who is a nasty piece of work, my God. And like the moment like she finds out it's him she gets got brutally by him. Like I'm talking about, he takes this knife and like stabs her and twists it. And it's like, the scene is just so vicious. Like the rage and hatred he has for this woman. And it's just, and it, it, oh, it got me because it's just like, for one, this is one of the rare agents in the series who was actually like this close to getting the guy. Yeah. Um, the fact that, you know, this was a woman and a woman of color and that like her death was just so, and it wasn't even from a trap. It was just from like this, this, this criminal man and the way, just the way he did it. And he's just like, who else knows about me? And he's like twisting, literally twisting this yeah. knife. Like y'all got us. It's just so brutal. And she's just like, he's like, who else knows about me? And she's just like, the last thing she can do is like, you know, like a, a mental jab. And she's just like, everyone. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you lie. And then, you know, of course, you know, he probably sticks in a little deeper, twists it more. And like, so she dies a brutal death. And it got me my feelings because I really liked her character a lot. Um, I really like how she went about things and how she was like very cautious and careful because I I think she knew it was Hoffman she just couldn't prove it so she was very careful around him and the fact that like she was right but couldn't do anything about it at the end of the day because he got her it just it really it really sent me and just the 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 again how vicious that her death was it just like the rage he had it was just very oof yeah yeah it got well, me As you were talking, I was like, my brain was like doing that thing where like the gears turn and like the people inside my brain were like running through the filing cabinet. You know, like SpongeBob and you were like running through the filing cabinet, like looking for information? I was going to think of um, Terry from Soul. 
Yeah. That's, that's my favorite when I when I when I think about filing now. The count's off, but yeah. <laughs> no, my my OG it's always OG SpongeBob for me. Those are always my references. But so the the little version of me found it when I when I saw her picture and I was like, oh, yeah. I remember this. Yeah. It was yeah. yeah, it was like unnecessarily rough. It was just so brutal. She was she was definitely one of my favorite characters of that whole series. And it's just her death, like watching it again brought up all those feelings. And I'm just like, God damn, this was oh because I know what I knew what was about to happen, but it was just such a rough scene because he got it wasn't only her he got, it was um multiple people in one room. Like yeah. he, he went off. It, he slit the throat of one other guy. He used um, the woman who is like doing the um, voice translation as a literal bulletproof vest. Yeah, he, w- yeah. he went off. <laughs> Hoffman, like I said, it's a nasty piece of work. But yeah, that was where, yeah. So let us know like what other, you know, characters, deaths and horror movies got y'all upset. Yeah. Some type That's of way. not a dog. But, you know, not the animals. Yo, I'd be so mad when the animals die. Like, you don't understand. And Amityville Horror and, like, all the Conjuring movies when the dogs die. I get, I'm like, what did the dog do to you? Why did he, he didn't deserve it. He didn't. I get really upset. Have you ever seen Crawl? Yeah. Okay, well, the dog survived in that one. I know you. that made you. I was so, I was sick. You don't understand. (laughs) I went to the movies to go see Crawl, right? I was in there by myself. And I was like, no, not the dog. And there was this lady next to me like, I know, right? The dog can't die. Like, we had a whole moment bonding over the fact that we didn't want this animal to be harmed. I did a group watch um, with some friends a couple months back through, like, that um, Amazon Prime party feature or whatever. Oh, yeah. Um, And uh, one of the criteria would, like, one of my friends like refused to watch it if the dog died. And so they looked it up beforehand. It was like, okay, this is, we can do it. We, we do can it. watch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but moving on, uh, Negronomicon time, taking it off the shelf. Um, so the topic that um, I thought would be good to discuss for today was- Hold on, um, I have a disclaimer. To our listener, Sasha, it is not my fault <laughs> that we have yet to talk about the servant. Get your friend. It's not my fault. Okay. Sasha Banks, um, <laughs> um, thank you, Mel, for, you know, putting me on the spot, throwing me on the bus. Sasha Banks, um, I know, Servant, yes, um, it has been on my list for some time. I have not watched it yet, but I soon will, and we will discuss. And I, I like it. I think I am going to like it. I, I think mean, you will. I like I, it for a number of reasons, but I think you will. Okay, continue. We will discuss. But okay, sorry, Sasha Banks. Um, but continuing, um, so Amazon has taken a turn into um, remake reboot territory by tapping uh, Donald Glover in Phoebe Waller-Bridge for a um, Mr. and Mrs. Smith series um, coming soon to Amazon Prime Video. I, mm, I will, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be the first to say I really enjoyed Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I did. Uh, it was I, fun. Angelina's goals like um for one I I need that trench coat like I actually tried to look up and find out the maker and I could not but that trench coat I needed the black one but um no the movie was great the chemistry because I'm I just I love again we we talked about this briefly um I think like last week or the week before when we talked about WandaVision you know the whole um domesticity thing I just I love it and the fact that you know there is a like underneath the domesticity there is espionage there is action there is and they both have 
their own kind of thing going on. I love how, like, you know, with the two separate cars, but that means they're going to be like, they have separate jobs and like, you know, killing people or whatever. Um, but I, I really enjoyed Mr. and Mrs. Smith because it was like a great balance of comedy and action, romance, and, um, you know, a little bit of drama. Uh, Brad and Angelina had amazing chemistry, which I think really drove the movie. And while I am excited to see, because Donald Glover is, you know, a juggernaut in his own right in terms of, you know, writing, acting. I have not seen Fleabag by Miss Phoebe Waller-Bridge, but I've heard great things. Um, so it's not some... Mr. and Mrs. Smith was a good movie, right? And I think in the age of streaming as it is, everyone wants to do a series, like six episodes, eight episodes, make it cute, drawn out, no. 10 episodes, whatever. Everything does not no. need to be episodic, one. That is my concern because remember, Brad and Angelina did a TV pilot and it wasn't picked up. Oh, you're right. And issue number two, if we are going to reimagine these characters as black people, why can't they both be black? Jared has gotten up and left, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Folks, my people, he's gone. He's gone. <laughs> I wasn't going to say nothing. I wasn't going to say nothing. I was going to let it pass. I was going to talk about other things, but. It makes yes. me upset. It just, it just, and it's always this, this scenario, right? Where the man becomes a black man and the woman stays a white woman. And it bothers my life because we could have done this imagining in a hundred different ways. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, if we're going to, if they're going to do it, then they need to do it. And I feel like it's, it's a disservice to only recast the race of one person and not both because I feel like a black spy <laughs> in and of itself has its own unique set of circumstances but then could you imagine now a couple both in separately and together now in this situation like the implications of that by like alone the implications of that is is already compelling and is this like a is this a um is this them trying to ensure they get like both to watch it? Yes. Because, yeah. you know, nobody cares about the black dollar until they care about the black dollar. And then it's too late. So, yep. Um, and then, you know, like the, the age old, like, oh, it's not, it won't be marketable if it's, if it's a colored couple. Ho, 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 ho. Um, Oh, I can't remember their names, but I'm I'm like in this group on Facebook who brought it up and somebody said, um, if it if it's going to be interracial, why does it always have to be one of them is always white? Interracial also means like people of color from two different, you know, races. Right. Like somebody um, what's that movie with Issa Rae on Netflix? Lovebirds? Oh yeah, Lovebirds. Or um um, somebody in the comments said, and I think this would have been so perfect because I really think um, um, they said it should have been uh, Dev Patel and Kiki Palmer. Ooh. And the moment I read that, I was just like, oh my God. It made, it actually just made me like want to write something for them. Yeah. But um, it was like, because I feel like they both have the range. I feel like um, 
this would be a role we've never seen Kiki in before. And I feel like if they, especially if they go like the right route with it, it could really push them. Um, and I feel like they would, um, they could probably have good chemistry together, but it would have been, it would be really nice to see like an an interracial relationship where whiteness is not centered in a show like this. Because and- it's gonna be all about the wife. Mm. <laughs> I can feel it in my bones. It's like I like I said, uh, Phoebe and um, Donald. Phoebe and Donald are very talented in their own right. I'm just saying that I feel like it, you know, this is one of those things where uh, well also it's it's it makes sense because they're at like their creative peaks right now, like they're hot. You know, um, Phoebe has Sleabag, Donald has um, Atlanta, but he also comes from like things like Community. Um, at, Donald Glover <laughs> is, is, is. He, is. he said <laughs> one of my favorite rap lines of all time. Oh yeah, Childish Gambino, yes. What was your, what was the rap line? Tell us. E.E. coming on her face, now it's poetry in motion. Okay, it tickles I, me. I, I, it tickles I, me every time. Pack your bags <laughs> and leave the facility right now. Security. Um, security. 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 <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and then the other point I th- thought about or that I wanted to make was with we are we are like suffocating with remakes and reboots we have been for probably the past like uh, what decade now and my whole thing is why not be inspired by mr and mrs smith (laughs) it it doesn't have to be an exact carbon copy or you know the same intellectual property it could be like we're inspired by this so we're gonna we're gonna take maybe like the the core concept and we're gonna make our own thing and also what I feel like this is doing is there's just so much originality out there and I'm not just talking about you and me (laughs) I'm talking about other creatives and everywhere but it's just so hard for us to get in the door because it doesn't seem like Hollywood wants original ideas it's like you have to prove that it's good like, keep, like Issa Rae. She true, used whatever true. money she had and made all her black girl and it got Very a bajillion true. million views and then Hollywood's like, alright, bet. Because it's all about a built-in audience. And that with goes also, with everything. Like influencers and, and people like that online. Like if you don't have X amount of followers, nobody gives you any money. But that's just that's another thing that I want to get into very briefly because this is getting to be a long section. Um, why is that a requ- that shouldn't even be a requirement now? Because what if I, I'm just saying? Because what if that's not somebody's you know avenue or forte? You know, like what, like why you know the whole follower count and the you I you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I do. But I mean, when it comes down to it, it's all about capitalism, right? Because like oh. if I opened up a production studio and I had a hundred thousand dollars. And I had four filmmakers come to me and be like, look, I need you to, I need you to help produce my film. It's a safe bet to go with filmmaker A, who has four short films that have done relatively well and people are checking for his work, than it is to go with filmmaker D, who has never done anything before and but has a good idea, but who knows if somebody will watch it. Yeah, it's it's the whole thing where they'd rather choose from, you know the tried and true 
then take a chance on something you know, new. Yeah. Something. I mean, because like there's a built-in audience for Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I don't there know how is. well it did, there. but there are there's a group of people that know those characters and it's know all right. movie that it will did, go it watch it. Good. Yeah, it's just I mm, I just I really feel you know they could have done something completely original, especially with having talented ass writers like Donald and uh, Phoebe. Are they writing I, it too? Yeah, they're uh, they're writing and starring in it. Oh wow. Yeah, so it's like they're two, you know, two different, um, you know, uh, components coming together. So I, I'm, I'm not going to outright say it will be bad because there's just so much talent I will. here. It uh, will be bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, and that's why I love you because, you know, you're that, you're the, you're the, yes, you do that. But I, I just feel like they really could have, it could have been an original, it could have been an original concept inspired by, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. And also, I really just want Hollywood, and I because I know it has the coin, I know it has the money, to take more chances on original, maybe lesser known content. Because it does work. It can yeah. work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and also, I just want y'all to know, yeah, there's just, in relationships, there are more, there's more than that, just like that centers whiteness or that involves, you know. Because it could have been like, an Asian guy and a and a black woman. It could have been a Polynesian woman and a South American guy. It could have been a South Asian person and an East. I don't know. There's other combinations. <laughs> or, an, or an Arab man, or an Arab man and um, a black woman. You right. Know, like, there's, there's other just, combinations. There's so much. There's there's a lot. There's a lot there that they could have. Uh, um, I don't, we'll see, we'll see how it goes, folks. But yeah, just, just keep in mind, especially in terms of, you know, um, them trying to get the, uh, this wider audience reach. Cause it's, I think like Mel said, capitalism is about getting um, the biggest audience possible, which means the most revenue possible. And so by doing that, you know, the, the black dollar, the black audience, the white dollar, the white audience. So yeah, we just don't be fooled, y'all. Don't be fooled. Okay, so um, let's get into scary crit for the week. Um, with it being Black History, you know, we are still keeping things very black. But I mean, that's the base of the show. Don't act brand new. So um, we decided to do uh, the Netflix film His House for this week. Uh, written directed by Remy Weeks. Um, it premiered just before Halloween on October 30th, 2020. And it was it was my second time watching it for this. Um, it was Lamel's first. Yeah. <laughs> I just I feel like we have um, a lot to cover, a lot to discuss. So um, I think I'll let Mel take the start here uh, because their notes were very um, grad schooly. <laughs> there was like full on citations, MLA format, page numbers. Apparently, JSTOR was visited. Yes. So here's oh, okay. what happened. <laughs> I never watched this film because, like I said before, life is like a box of chocolates, but I hate things that are universally loved. So I put it off. And then when we decided to do it for this episode, I was like, okay, let me watch it. Da 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 da. And I'm sitting there and I watch it and I'm flipping out the whole time. I'm just like bugging out from the moment they get into the house and then that little, and then the, the, the mask thing. And then, the th- and I was just like, what is going on? And then 
when the Apeth popped up, when when in that moment where they were like eating dinner on the floor and she told the story, I was like, oh, okay, here's the folklore. Here's let's here we're setting the scene here, people. Yes, we're setting the scene. Yes. Um, but so when the film ended, I went on Google and started re- researching more stuff about the Apeth and the folklore. And then I found out that there was this article written by Godfrey Lindhart, who this is like the the article. This is it. This is all we got, basically. And this white, like German dude went to Africa and like hung out with the people in South Sudan and was like, and it's cool because in the article, he's like, yeah. Like, if you talk to people, this is not a big part of their culture, but I thought it was interesting, so I found out some more stuff about it. <laughs> I was just like, okay. Like, he basically just went around the neighborhood and was like, so, you want to tell me about witches? Uh. <laughs> and they wrote this scholarly article and had it published. Um, but the article is Some Notions of Witchcraft Among the Dinka, and it was published in October of 1951. So what I, the part that I read, it was about 16 pages. Um, and it's really this white dude going around to all these black people like, so what do you think about witches? So have you seen one? So is your neighbor one? How did it make you feel? <laughs> but <Talk to> me. <laughs> <laughs> it was very cool to, to read more about it because it made things that happened in the film make sense. So yeah. there's this whole thing that like, the witches eat people basically is the easiest way to explain it. It's it's this idea of consumption and they eat specifically the human being. So that's what was happening at the end with his fingers, like all in his. Oh, arm. I just, I just took that meaning. He was like going to take over his, like he was taking over his flesh or Mm-mm, he was eating him. Oh, and that's, and, and I, and that's kind of where it got mucky for me because I wish the act of consumption would have been shown in a different way other than that. Because mm-hmm. if you don't know, if, like, if you hadn't read up, if you didn't stay up till 3am on JSTOR like I did, you wouldn't know that's what he was doing. <laughs> I, just thought, I just thought like he was like, when you say consuming, I thought he was like consuming him, not as in eating him, but like taking him over. Mm-mm. Like eat, like literally like was going to consume his flesh spirit, mm-hmm. soul, whatever you want to call it. Okay. Um, and there's, there's also this interesting thing because an Akath in particular, because they're in, there are regular witches, but then there's like an Apath witch, which is like, like evil. <laughs> and it's this whole other concept of like what a curse is and how you are cursed and the prices that you pay for things. And that is like, and, and it, it was cool because, so he would be like, this white dude would be walking around this village and he'd be looking at people and then the people be like, what you looking at me for? And like spit at him to ward off evil because it's a thing that it's like this whole thing that's still cultural and still exists to this day in like other little sects of like black and brown people. So I don't know. It's interesting. If you want to read it, sign up for our mailing list and I'll mail it to you. <laughs> I don't want to go too in depth because I feel like that's so far off from like the actual film. But it was it's cool to have that other base level of information. That, that kind of supports what they were trying to tell. Because also it wasn't, it wasn't La Lorena where they took this idea and butchered it because every Latin person I know hates that movie. They're like, this is garbage. This is not what they, kept me up at night. They really just did that for a cash grab. Right. And, and I feel like this was, a, but this was a very artful way to take 
folklore from a different ethnic group and then present it in a way that is true to, at least by this white guy's standards, true to what actually exists in the world. Yeah, Law La Yorona, like Velma deserved better. I don't know why she didn't agree to be in that, but moving forward. Um, short synopsis about the film so we don't lose y'all. Um, a refugee couple makes a harrowing escape from war-torn South Sudan, but then they struggle to adjust to their new life in an English town that has an evil lurking beneath the surface. So um, we're introduced to the characters um, Bold and Rial. Uh, Rial is played by, um, I do not want to butcher her name, uh, Wunmi uh, Mozaku, uh, who we all know as Ruby from Lovecraft Country. He deserved um, better in both films. It is very true. It is, it is, it is very true. It is very true. Um, but like she did in Lovecraft Country, she killed this role. And Bull played by, what's his name? Shope Derisu, who is a freaking 90s baby, y'all. He's only 30 years old. And I just, like I said, I swear, like, celebrity or, like, actors, I, I just feel like, I just think they're older than they actually are, just probably because the roles they play and, like, um, I don't know how they're portrayed. But, yeah, he's only 30. But they played the hell out of their roles. Um, and... This movie is the, I, I, like it said in the synopsis, I like to call it like heroin horror, where it's not, it's not like jump scares and like, you know, like very sensationalized horror. It's like that horror that gets under your skin. It's very unsettling and um, it's very um, suspenseful. It builds on that and it, and it works on like um, emotion um, based through like tough thematic material. Like this one um, is centered on them basically being, their lives are basically uprooted because of this war and they become immigrants in London. So they're, when we first meet them, we're, they're in a detention center, um, but then they realize they've been selected for housing and they get, um, they get like a stipend and everything, but the house that they're- Stipend given, was like 80 bucks a month. That's wild. Like, and, and also I wanted to say, this seemed very like, I, I guess because just the fact that, you know, it was, it, it's happening in modern day, it just, everything just seemed very like um, anachronistic to me where it did not seem like it was happening in this time. And the only reason why um, I was reminded that it was modern day was because um, Rial had like a phone that she was playing music on. I saw like, modern day Dorito packaging when they were in the store um, because everything else, just like their situation, it just seems like, especially the house they lived in, like the, the condition, it just seemed very like this happened in the past. It was, it was very hard for me to um, reconcile with the fact that like this was happening modern day. Yeah. Like, this is a modern day situation. Um, so they're they're given this they're given a step and they're given this this house to live in but which is in like um like less than stellar conditions like a real fixer upper like there were bugs they're just a mess and then they realize you know they're not alone in the house like there's there's some supernatural activity going on um and the movie like i said it's a horror that it, it it's very sad it's like very melancholy 
um, especially once the movie reveals to you like their full circumstances, like why they are being haunted. But I think that was the the tell, right? For me anyway, because when you think of all of the haunted house stories that we have, right? Babadook, Sinister, uh, Conjuring. I was going to make that uh, correlation to Babadook, but continue. But it was interesting that all the, the, the central characters in all of those stories are most of them anyway, are the children, right? Because the children are the most susceptible to being possessed and whatever, whatever. The most vulnerable. And it's also about family. And it was interesting that in this story that there, that there was no child, right? Like with them, they're living in this nightmare situation and mm. that the family was, you find out later, all... <laughs> Or, or the the community, I guess, because right, family and community, I feel like in this in this situation are synonymous. We're all oh, already yeah. dead. Yep. Because yep. that that flashback moment where she was in the my schoolhouse. Yes, I was my like, oh my god. Hands down, because when you realize what happened, like the way it seamlessly transitioned from there to when she came out of the cabinet, mm-hmm. and it just. Mm-hmm. It when was I all, say, it was all, yeah. When I say acting, girl. <laughs> um, but yes, so let's, let's, let's dig in. Let's get into it. I'll have you start because um, you did start with the article. Um, but like, what, what, um, what else did you want to speak about? I think the, the, the idea of place, right? And we've talked about this before with other films that we've, we've analyzed, but the idea of how, where you are both country and like home is such a direct correlation to your personality. Right. Mm -hmm. And when you find yourself in like, you ever stay someplace that you didn't like and you just like, it gave you all the the bad feelings. But then if you had to stay there for an extended amount of time, it starts to make you feel bad about yourself. Look. And I feel like that's what was happening here for a number of reasons. Right. Because One, they were in a strange, they went from the detention center (laughs) where basically they were criminals, right? Because they were let out on bond, which was crazy. The whole scene made me so uncomfortable. Just like seeing like, for one, the way, uh, the way it was set up, like um, these two and then like these three people over here and um, not only, you know, with them, you know, being white and then um, Bol and Brielle being, um, black African um just the way they it was like it was just like something they were trying to get out of the way so they yep. wanted to get over with one of them was on their phone another one was, was eating. eating like nothing was happening it just like the 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 the, the, the casual disregard of their serious ass situation and it, it set up the rest of the film right because if you realize no one else talked to them unless they had to mm-hmm and when, because that's what makes that scene with those black boys so much more poignant to me. Because you would think, like, because what it set me up to be like, oh no, like here's some other black people, like they're gonna treat them which with is, respect and dignity. Exactly what she thought when she saw them, and, and that's, that's not what happened. happened. <laughs> that's not what happened. It re- oh, girl, it reminds me of being at a PWI, and just um, when I see, uh, I'm just like, oh, home, and it's not. It's a whole different country, boo. It's not home. This is not familiar territory. They don't want nothing to do with you. Nothing. 
And you, because and, and you have to think about it too. And it's every direction from both sides. It was yep. terrible. But then you have to think about the act of because at the core of this too is survival, right? Before oh. those black boys, if they, I feel like in in some twisted sense of survival, they realized that if they talked to her and were nice to her and helped her, that they would then be grouped in with all of these other refugee people coming over. And he said, and he said, one of them said, um, go back to Africa, only English around here, darling. So it's like that, that, um, uh, what is it called? Um, Nationalism. Uh Um, And just how they'd, they would hold tight to that for, you know, safety and power purposes rather than extend a hand to help someone else up, right? Because that would affect their place their standing. in the yeah. world, their place on the ladder. And it just, it, it really, that part really hurt my feelings because, you know, all skin folk ain't kin folk. Um, and just how, it, and it reminds me of how like that shit happens here in the States. Like, yeah. um, or, like, Growing up, I, I knew like some black people would um, make fun of Africans or people who were from African country. It just, yeah, mm-hmm. it very upsetting, but very. I think I'm glad that that was put in there because mm-hmm. it adds a different perspective. Yes, but yeah. So home, um, like we discussed in um, Fool's Gold about um, people on the stairs, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Um, the basis of that has to deal with home, like housing, having um, a secure place to lay your head. And with that being like, hold on, because I don't want to get that wrong. I'm sorry. That actually is the second, um, that is actually is the second um, base uh, break on the pyramid. The one below that is, you know, physiological physiological needs, um, you know, food, water, warmth, and rest. But everything is tied, though, very closely together in that pyramid, especially um, the basic needs. So with them having, you know, this house or not having this house, it's going to naturally affect everything else. And with them being uprooted from their lives in, was it South Sudan? in uh south sudan like um their their way of life their routines their community um and then with it just being those them two also dealing with the trauma they had everything else is going to be kind of jumbled like um they weren't even allowed to get jobs they weren't allowed to work so it's like they're they're deliberately put under not only i don't even want to call it like the care i want to call it like the scrutiny of like the London government, and it felt it felt more it felt more like policing than than help. Yeah, that's basically what it was. Because I'm saying they were treated like criminals. Like it it was just wild to me that. And then just to go back on the house, because like when we first see the house, right? The thing that stuck out to me the most was the, was that hole in the wall, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, okay, and. The fact that it was reiterated over and over and over again, like, wow, that's bigger than my flat. That's bigger than my house. Oh, who's that? Who, who is, was that uh, Rial and Bull saying that? Or was that uh, the- No, the- it was everybody else. All those white people from the aid service 
and like the guy who was to, checking in on them and like they're trying to downplay the fact that it was falling apart. Yeah, and, I and that like they that. should be grateful for whatever they get. It's gaslighting. Yes. Trying to oh my god, trying to downplay their experiences and their struggle, trying to make them feel better about and again, um as we I want to move on to coded language. Uh mass before myth- before we do that, I have one more thing to say about the house. Yes, go, go, please, please. It's I feel like when what gave me a sense of dread about that house was that I never got oriented in it. So like in my apartment, I could walk around here with my eyes closed and know where I'm at, right? And I think that's one of the things that makes your house feel safe is that you know where you are at all times. You and know I, your house, yes. Right. And I feel like they artfully didn't know. And the way that it was filmed, you didn't really know where you were until you flipped all the lights on. And in those moments of like, oh shit, where am I? And then you kind of got oriented again. But there were all of these moments over and over and over where, because even that scene where they were sitting at dinner and then they were in the water, Mm -hmm. you kept getting disoriented Mm -hmm. and you really didn't have time because and, and then again when she got when she left and got lost and when he was walking around like you never really knew where you were exactly that was like, you knew you were in England you knew you were in the neighborhood you knew you were close to the mall but you didn't really know where you were and that was such a disconcerting scene when Rial was um, walking in like that that housing area trying to find Church Street and she was just like uh, those narrow corridors with the with the tall walls and fences and it just got me thinking of like. Uh, literal barriers like um like language barriers um cultural barriers and how she just couldn't find her way over or out of them it was like she was trapped right yeah so yes um but coded language um matt smith's character because i need to get his name i need to stop calling him like (laughs) by his government name i need to call him by his character's name (laughs) so matt smith's character mark um when they first were you know introduced to the house and you know he's giving them the rundown he says something that really caught my attention when he say you know um he wants them to be one of the good ones and that is just like, I hate that because it, 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 it's putting forth that whole model minority stereotype. It's dangerous rhetoric, right? That we have been, we have grown accustomed to in the past four years and it dehumanizes people because now that, because we erase the fact that, that we are running literally from violence and death. <laughs> it, erases, it erases their trauma. Right. And and forces me to, like you said, to be this model minority group, right? Because now I'm not only here for myself, I have to represent everybody else. And everything that I do is now representative of all of the other people who I don't even know that came over exactly. here seeking refuge. Exactly. Like they're not a monolith. Right. And it's, and, and I think that that was the other interesting part of it. Right. Because the kids dehumanized in a different way. The right, like we said before, they dehumanized for separation purposes. Right. Because like, Oh, we're not that we're, we're different. English. Right. We're English. Like we we're born here. We're from here. Like we, we didn't come over here with them, even mm. though we look like them, we're not them. Yeah. And then the white people dehumanized for the sake of, I think, finding an excuse for them to mess up. 
right? Because just like when he ripped the walls apart, like, oh no, like you can't do that. Like, what are you talking about? When he was trying to complain about the conditions of the house and they said over and over again, like, well, your house is bigger than my house. What's the problem? It was you- the fact that they weren't even willing to work with them or listen. They just kept saying like, oh, we're going to have to report this. Yeah. I'm, I'm putting this in your file. Yep. Like I, like I said, policing. Um, and with this, with them, with, with Mark setting this expectation for them to not cause any trouble, um, it erases their trauma. It forces them to be something they're not. And it doesn't give them any room to grow naturally into their circumstance. It like forces them to grow one way. Like he's basically putting them into a box by saying that. But I feel like they were always set up for failure because even when they got to the house, all that garbage that was only in front of their house that had been there for God knows how long. Uh, that schoolgirl who was using... Um, who went to the bathroom in their front yard. I think somebody's living there now. Obviously. Clearly. And they didn't have any furniture. Like they were just in an empty house. That was the first thing I thought of. Like, how do you furnish a house on $80 a week, a month? I think it was a week. But how do you how do you do that? I need a bed. I need pots and pans, but also I need food. Even, like they didn't even provide anything. Furniture. Nothing. Nothing. So I don't know. The whole thing, I was bugging out. Bugging. Because you you just really just threw you you took them from one but because that's the other crazy thing. At least in the detention center, they had a bed. And had other, furniture. Other people who look like them. Right. And it's just like, yeah, it's like they were taken from one place to another. And it's just, it was just like another, another prison. Um, just like, but now it's like under the illusion, like it's yours now. But it still belongs to us. So don't, don't, don't touch it. Mm-mm. So, oh, this, this movie is very heavy. <laughs> okay. But uh, so I know we want to talk about a lot, but it's, this is eating me up now. Can we talk about the turn in this plot? Because... Okay, so the movie, before we get to like this, the plot twist or plot reveal, um, has us thinking that um, part of Rial and Bull's trauma and why they're being haunted is that they lost a child at sea, like on what on their on their journey across the sea. I think their boat capsized or something happened to the motor, and um, several of them in that boat drowned and died, mm-hmm. um, and their daughter. Um, uh Niagak um was one of them and they keep seeing like her apparition in the house um it's 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 especially affecting bull and we're thinking like they lost a child now they're being haunted by this child like guilt all this stuff but then you know the movie does um a really yeah, I love how it did the, do. you know the flashback sequence and we find out um, in a desperate bid to get on this bus out of um, where there was like active shooters and everything going on, um, Bull took stole a-, a whole child. He stole her. A whole child. Stole. Like the boogeyman in the night picked her up and said, this is a kid. Let us on the bus. Because the, the attendant there um was it was no longer letting anyone on the bus who was uh not a child or not our our a family unit with 
with, you know, with the child. And so Bull, you know, being um, savagely opportunistic, um, saw this random child, took her, claimed the child as his own and put himself on that bus with Rial only to have the real mother run after the bus that oh lord that's that was hard that was the most heartbreaking scene in that whole film where that little girl was screaming after her mother mother. and her and everybody on the bus was looking at that nothing I mean, but what do you do? Because if I make them stop the bus, then then I got. We all did. I don't know. I it's it just it was uh, like I said. This one was very um, heart wrenching, Um, and so they make it to um, like a checkpoint, and they load themselves. They get loaded onto like the back of a truck, Um, and that's when Brielle, you know, makes a promise to you know protect Protect this child because she realizes what has happened is wrong. Um, but she feels some kind of, you know, ownership now and like maternal, you know, about this child. And then she, she essentially, you know, fails her duty when Rial is lost. His she feet. didn't fail. That man took her by the neck <laughs> and swam up to the rescue boat. He was not worried about that child at all because she is- was like, let me go. True. This is very true. And he said, nah, we we going over here. We come on, come on. This is very true because she was the only one who was screaming for her. And he she made a conscious hard. decision to let that t- child drown or fend for herself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she 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 died because she was a child. So and the way the movie goes about navigating this this situation in in Bold and Brielle's uh um, handling of it, our reactions to it is Rial seems consumed by guilt and wanting to make some sort of amends like with the with the haunting the haunting for her is different than the haunting it, it is with Bull because with Bull, the haunting is very antagonistic um, violent um, very in your face with Rial, it's more well, because she had survivor's guilt. I think yes. that's what her thing was, right? Because her entire I don't know what I don't know what that is, right? And that's my ignorance on my part with in that classroom situation. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they were her they were her friends, her teacher, whatever. They mm-hmm. were all murdered while she hid in the cabinet. Mm-hmm. And and she was the only one left. So she of course she felt trauma from that because then you go like oh I could have done something I should have done something why didn't I do anything and then when the, when the opportunity presents itself to do something again you're prevented from doing something right so it's like it's guilt on top of guilt there and so her haunting with the with the apath is is more like conversational more like a um like mediation almost um because there's a scene where Bull catches her like talking to it in the dark um, at the kitchen table. Like, and then when she has that um, not hallucination, but like that dream where she's with her community and the apeth is talking to her um, as like that the like the the elder in the room um, is basically trying to convince or coerce her coerce her into 
doing its bidding in turn in return to getting uh Niagak back. But I think that and I think that's that's why I'd like deep dove into the folklore situation mm-hmm. because usually in haunted house situations, right? Mm-hmm. The ghost wants a body. Like the demon needs to possess a body to take a soul. So they try to make all these bargains and like do all these things, but at pests are very specific. <laughs> like, no, I just want him. I don't care about you. If you help me out, you can do whatever you want. I don't care. Cause she was never, because like you said, she was never intimidated in any way because the Epeth didn't care about her. The Epeth just, wanted revenge against him. To, I just wanted to say how much I love that. I loved how, like, I, I really loved her relationship with the Epeth because it, it, even down from the, the beginning, the moment when it was, when she was first introduced to it, the scene with the, um, the peaches, mm-hmm. she didn't run. Mm-hmm. She didn't scream. She did look, you know, you know, scared, you know, terrified, but it was just like, you know, like, oh, 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 oh this, that's you. This was up. I bet this, this is happening. And so like when ball comes home, she has dinner prepared and they talk about it, but he's very, you know, he has a very dismissive nature of the whole and thing. And she called him out. And I appreciated I wrote, that because she's like, down. you know, I when I was sitting down. here thinking, I was like, maybe I'm going crazy. But then I looked you in the eye and you lying. I wrote that down. What'd she say? Um, she said, but now I have looked into your eyes. You're a liar. You're a liar. And I, I also wanted to um, give thanks to how Rumi Weeks directed this because there is um, a really neat thing that are, are shots that keep popping up, popping up in the movie um, that focus on the character close-ups of the character's faces. And one of those shots happened in the scene where Rial confronts Bull, you know, about mine because he's trying to dismiss the the Apeth. Like it doesn't exist, like it didn't happen. Um, but Rial knows he's lying because she's looking into his eyes. And this whole thing about, you know, how the camera is focusing on their faces, it forces the audience to look into the character's eyes as well. That's like, a Barry really get, Jenkins thing. Did I tell you about that? Like, like, like really get acquainted with, like, because, you know, eyes are the windows of the soul. No, but that, like, did, did I not tell you about that? The Barry I feel like you talked about it before, but you go on for the people. So I went to a screening of Beale Street, if Beale Street, if Beale Street could talk. Such a beautiful movie. That score, my God. And Barry Jenkins was there and did a Q&A after the film screening. Uh-huh. And he said that, because, you know, in Beale Street, they have those moments where the camera is only like, like from the neck up mm-hmm. and the, the actor is looking dead into the camera. Yep. And he was like, I went so long and I realized that probably like, that these moments could be for the first time for some of the white people in the audience that they've ever had to look a black person in the eye. Ooh. And that's why they're so long, because he was like. You can only look at someone's nose for so long. You can only look at someone's hair for so long. You are forced to look these people in the eye to see them as human beings. See their humanity. See it. Sit in it. I, you know? I love Barry Jenkins. Like he's top three. Maybe maybe we'll get to meet and work with him one day. You know, speak it into existence. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what we got to do. Um, but. Yeah, and just those shots are very like they're very like um intimate. And I feel like that's 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 both odd and rare to see in a horror movie for one thing. Yeah. Because it's it's adding 
a level of emotion that is associated with movies in a different genre. Yeah. So having like those those elements in it, like those, um, I would say like uh, those those drama elements. But I think this kind of mirrors what we were talking about last week with Attack the Block, right? Because mm-hmm. the whole point of well, not the whole point, but some of the the subtext of the film is becoming a human being, and because yeah. I, I I always appreciated that moment after he tore the holes up tore the Mm -hmm. house up and he's like there were rats or whatever it was and they were like taking all the photos and she comes down like dressed (laughs) and he she's like oh did my husband tell you about the witch (laughs) because in so many horror films like they don't just say what's happening like no this is what's happening it's a a real thing and she said it so smoothly so casually and he's right. He, she followed, he followed us from the ocean and now he's like messing with us. I don't know what you want me to tell you. But it that her being so candid fed into this candid, be- yes. belief of them as humans, right? Yes. Because now not only are they the refugees that destroyed this house, <laughs> now they're crazy because she's talking about witches and whatever else. And it it I feel like in the end. There is not that that resolution doesn't happen. I feel like those white people that come at the end in the suits and like, oh, they shouldn't have done this, they shouldn't have painted that, whatever, whatever, still don't see them as human beings. They don't. They don't. That's something that um, Real and Bull are going to have to reclaim and like, you know, force about themselves because they're not going to get it from those people. No, they're not. Um, and you said something becoming. I wanted to talk about becoming in terms of like the identity because there's this with them being immigrants and they've, they've been thrust into this house in like the London area and having to deal with their culture there are several scenes where Bull like goes out by himself the only scene we see where Rial goes out is, when is she where lost. she went to the doctor yeah um and which I didn't like that was a real ex- really expository situation like yes, these are my people and these are why I have scars and this is how I came to this country. And it didn't serve any other purpose but that. I think it served the purpose in showing like this disconnect that uh, white people have with the um, culture of um, black and African people um, because, and because she just, that the 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 doctor or the nurse that was attending to her like that white woman was just so full of all this all these assumptions like all these oh she was judgy she was super judgy but what did that add to the film nada i thought it was just to say that you know um that it was just like you know that again like and this is the this is the, the the bad kind of candid where um your worldview is like so tunnel visioned that but we could have done that without wasting a scene in a character. The next, the next door neighbor could have been that lady. Uh, good point. Good point. Cause the mailman could have been that lady. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know why we had to go to the hospital for that to happen. Good point. Um, but with Bull, I want to talk about, uh, there are several scenes where it seems like he's actually getting out, like getting out, like going out of the house and trying to, uh, like make get some kind of you know life outside of the house there's that scene where after um he stops by the church and gets like those supplies 
um, he's like, um, at I the think pub. He's, yeah, he's at the pub and like, um, he sings along with, um, the men in there to that one, like the soccer chant thing. Yeah. yeah, The soccer chant. And it's like, so, cause he knows of it. And I was also like, I think that was him trying to assert like, um, I, I can belong here or I belong here. Um, and then that's, there's that really poignant scene where he is in that department store and yes. the moment he walks in, what does the security guard do, Mel? Follow him. Puts his coffee down. Follows him. Like, but also, like, okay, but wait. <laughs> also, he was like covered in blood and like dirt. There was like a lot going on. The, okay, yeah, he did. He did look a tad unkempt. But at the same time, I just feel like that was a really good, and especially, and this is again adds to um, how I just felt like this movie was so anachronistic because that shit is still happening today like really for real but i know it is but i'm just like it still just seeing it it's just like goodness again because that's happened to me before (laughs) you know like you walk somewhere and they try to be so subtle with it but it's just like i see you like like, i've 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 experienced that so raven levels of following me around the store but yeah so he is immediately followed immediately scrutinized and he goes to this clothes rack and behind him is this giant you know an ad of you know like of the, a the family poster. unit an ad of a family unit the, ah, nuclear, the nuclear family the nuclear white english family and he immediately looks at the patriarch the father who is dressed in like this this uh, okay straight- let me break it down basically he went into like an english version of a kmart Saw the ad with the generic like father, daughter, mother, dog, and then looked at the dad and he's like, oh, that could be me and found the clothes <laughs> that the dad was wearing. That clothes and, and had him on for basically the rest of the, the movie. The rest of the movie. Until like the, the, the final end. scene. Yeah. And I think it is just like the, um, very nuanced how... Um, when he bought the outfit and especially how it looked like in the promo picture, it's so clean and how, what it represents. And then by the time, you know, we get to the um, climax, it's dirty. It's coming it's in blood. And, torn, and just how that represents how like their situation is not clean. It's mm-hmm. not something you can, you can disguise yourself away from. Yeah. It's something you have to deal and you have to face. And it was only until after that it happened, he was in different clothes, cleaner clothes, Yeah, you know? Um, and it's like, it's, it's very subtle how you can use like different things in a film or a story in order for them to like um, personify the situation or what's happening. Um, and just how he was really trying to assimilate himself into this picture perfect version of who he had to be mm-hmm. in that society and it it just wasn't clicking mm-hmm. it, it could it couldn't click not with what everything he had on his plate um did you have any more points um artistically i think my favorite moments were those vignettes like those 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 like dioramas within the film so when she went back to the schoolhouse when my favorite favorite one is when they were like in the middle of the ocean and the kitchen wall had been torn out and they were just like yes. in the middle of the water i was like oh and it's just because it you didn't you didn't notice that until it, until it zoomed out to a certain degree and you're like plus she was gone yeah he was he was only there yep and um i also liked where 
um, he's he's finally talking to the Apeth, and he's like, "You can't touch me." And he thinks he's invincible, and the Apeth is like, uh, "I." okay i can't you tried it but that's fine (laughs) let me let me me, receipts let me take you to the sea and get the zombies let me call the girls because you know i i may not be able to physically touch you but i can fuck up your mind oh that's something else that i learned so in doing this research right the apeth works in darkness Mm. and that's why all of the scenes with him were with the lights off because you notice that when they turned the lights on, all the zombies went away, right? Yeah. And it's because, like, this whole, like, light and dark, good and evil situation yeah. that or they can't exist. The walls. Yeah. 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 I also love, I love the, um, the, the glowing eyes. Yeah. Um, how you're not, how you're not really able to see the path completely until the, you know, the climax where it comes off the ground. Didn't like, okay, that's the other thing. Everybody knows I hate a monster reveal. I don't appreciate it. I don't like it. Because the version of that thing in my twisted head was way worse. I got you. Than this naked wannabe pan's labyrinth thing. Oh, kindred spirits. (laughs) The Whitney and uh, Natalie Cole gift. Because for real, I was going to say he was giving me the pale man vibes from the girl. I was like, "This this is the pale man's cousin right here. His twisted bum bum cousin oh my god i was not i was not excited i was not and then that's why i said earlier like i was not um happy with that whole like stick my fingers in your flesh thing he was getting deep in there too i was like jesus i didn't i didn't like i didn't like that i also didn't like the ending because i just wish wait 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 before we get to the ending because i um i also want to just get to one one little thing here um, and this is what Riel said. This was after, um, uh, uh, God, I forgot his name already. Was it Nick? Mark. After Mark and uh, the people had left, after you know, Riel had told them, you know, there's a oh. that my husband is fighting. Um, yeah, and how quickly you know, Bull threw her under the bus or was ready to deny everything in order to be seen, you know, as that model, model. Minority. Oh, you talk about what she's like, you idolize them and she you want to be them. I and... read it. I, I wrote it down. She said, this is what they want. They like to see us crazy. Makes them feel like big men. They don't like to be reminded that is them that are weak. And then she got on his case and she said, and you, you still idolize them. You thank them for the unseasoned scraps they throw at us. And it's just like, that was such a beautiful moment of a black woman checking black men and their like obsession to keeping like this proximity to whiteness, um, i.e. to power. Yeah. Like, um, and obviously I don't mean, you know, all black men, but you know, if the shoe fits, tap dance, ho. But I'm like, I see this shit way too much on social media. On like, I see it way too much. Where, but I think it's because there's this idea, right, that the answer to a thing that is systemically racist and a version of power is the black version of that thing, right? Like you see a lot of times online that the answer to capitalism is black capitalism, but that is not the answer. Right, that is feeding into capitalism. Like that doesn't that we, doesn't get you out of this system of power. That's how we, that's how we get LLC, Twitter, and hoteps. Right, I don't have the time. 
And so I think that, I think this was a really cool way to say the answer to the white nuclear family is not a black nuclear family. Mm-hmm. It is, it is essentially the community that you had, right? The community. That's what I was going to say. The community, the community is always with, it's with us. It's, it's about community. And I think that's, that, that's why that, that scene at the end is, is such a standout like picture moment to me. Because I think that answers the ad you saw in the Kmart. And I'm calling it a Kmart. I don't know what the store was. If any of you are in England and know what the store is, please let me know. <laughs> Kmart. <laughs> um, I just, I, um, I, I think we're too on two different points about the ending. Because I, I, for one, loved it. I hated it. I, there was, I was very like, because here's, here's where I'm coming from. I sit down, I watch this film for the first time, right? Then mm. whack smack in my face, like, oh, 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 there's a monster in the walls. Ah, there's zombies. Ah, there's a witch. Ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> the end comes and I'm waiting for this moment. I'm waiting for this, this release of all of this energy that I have now pent up inside my body because I am waiting for something to happen. And then nothing happened. Like it, I was very whelmed and I was very upset that I was whelmed because I'm just like, this is not what I was expecting. Like I needed this like feminist thing to where uh, she was like, you know what? F you, stab, stab, stab. <laughs> oh, kills him. Uh-huh. Take him away. Let me live my life. <laughs> I don't know. But what, I, I, what happened was just not for me. Yeah, because Riel and bowl together especially with how he was and treated her like he burned up their shit um it seemed mostly a lot of in a lot of her a lot of her stuff like her her father's stuff um uh Niagax, uh necklace all this stuff that was very similar he just burned it up the way he it also gaslit her um it's just toxic relationship um i don't have time for it malcolm marie i'm done um <laughs> yeah so i'm just like i I could have saw that happening where um, she left him or, you know, she, she carried out the apeths, wishes. wishes. Um, also, we, I don't think we ever did the definition of what the apeth means or is, which is uh, the night witch, yeah. um, according to the film. Um, so I could, have, I could have gotten that, but I, I thought, I liked it and I thought it was beautiful because it, it the, the last shots we see are first is like them alone in their house but then they look through like the hallway and they see Niagak at the end there looking at them. And then when the camera goes back to them, it's them surrounded by all of these people, like who I think are like fellow immigrants. I, I took it to I think to be it was the people from the class, the, the people on the boat. Yeah. And they're like and, their, their community. Yeah. Yeah. And then when it goes back to then when it goes back Excuse to my dog. <laughs> okay. Then when it goes, is, that, is he with a squeaky toy right now? Yeah. Oh, and, then, and then back. I'm gonna, with, I'm gonna uh, mute while you talk. Okay. And then back with when the camera goes back to Niagak, um, it's more of those people, and I just took that to mean that um, they did not run away from their drama or their trauma. They're actually sitting with it. They're living with it. They didn't it. work through it. I, but I think that's what that represented, though. With, 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 
with those, with all those um, people, with all that community in your house, even though it comes from trauma, it is them like sitting and living with it. And then <laughs> you're looking at me. And then, <laughs> and then, <laughs> look, and then, <laughs> and then being able to work through it because there's a line that um, Bull says. He says, your ghosts follow you. They never leave. They live with you. It's when I let them in, I could start to face myself. And that's oh, yeah, when the white guy asked him if if the witch was still. Yeah, when Mark, when his his sarcasm. I don't be remembering names. I'm sorry, y'all. No, I'm saying Mark's sarcasm was not necessary or wanted anyway. um, But seeing those beautiful shots, I, I, I really, I really like, it was so many people in one in like a small space. I don't know if that was movie magic, but I just loved how that was shot. But oh no, I, I just, love that. I love that part. I do not like the plot of how the movie ended. I do not I just, like the fact I just like what it was a terrible relationship oh. that they are now trauma bonded into oh, and have shit. to stay into because their visa is connected to one another. Oh, not trauma bonding. Ooh. And they like, I, I, I appreciate the fact that, yes, I agree with you, right? The film confronts the fact that they have had this trauma that they brought over from escaping a war-torn country and watching literally everyone that they know die. Mm-hmm. I get that. What the film does not address <laughs> is the problems within their own relationship. But at the same time, I do not think that it romanticizes it. No, but they still standing there together at the end, and I don't like it. I just don't. <laughs> I don't know what would be better, but I don't like that. No, that's okay. And I, and I, and I appreciate your perspective because I did trauma bonding. I didn't even like, if, if I touch upon it, I didn't even see it. Like, thank you for that. Cause you, you're right. You're absolutely right. I, but I, I thought the ending was very beautiful because it's just, it, it represents, you know, living with your ghosts and your demons and working through them and, 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 and making peace and trying to grow forward because the same thing and we and you mentioned this briefly um it reminded me of the ending of the babadook yeah um how this 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 terrifying demon creature became conquered through facing the grief yep and it became something that they were able to live with that like, is such actually, a beautiful film about depression. I love the Babadook. And people who hate it, I just don't know why. <laughs> it's a beautiful film. It actually really did scare the hell out of me. Um, but it's just, it's very beautiful. Um, Jennifer Kent, um, go girl. But yeah. okay. Um, thank you, Remy Weeks um, and Wumi and, um, yeah. and Shofei for this beautiful work. Um, his house is great. I mean, um, a rare 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I don't think that's moved since release. This really? Is um, and yeah. it's gotten really good reviews from other critics. Uh, it's 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 a horror film with substance. Yeah. You know, it's 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 definitely not that 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 jump scare fodder. You know, it's not for like you know the it's it's definitely not uh, um, casual mainstream horror. It's like it's 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 um, harrowing. But there were some jumps in there. I feel like if you lean, I feel like this is a good film to introduce jump scare people to other types of horror films. Yeah, you know what I mean. Transitional film. Yeah, it was because there were definitely jump scares, but the film definitely did not rely on them, and the horror was more unsettling and 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 tension based than anything. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But that was that was his house, ladies and gentlemen. 
Um, uh, I, any any notes for you? Uh, final curls. Final curls. Final curls. Well, um, I just wanted to say, um, go best friend. That's my best friend because <laughs> Amblin posted Miss Smell on their Instagram page today as their new office manager. And I just love how jobs, you know, like shout out their employees. And I'm very happy and proud for you, Mel. Um, yeah. you, you were employed in something that you love to do, especially during a freaking pandemic. Like yeah, I know. <laughs> um, bless your heart. <laughs> um, but um, hopefully I will soon follow suit. We will see uh, what's in the cards, but stickers um so my stupid ass <laughs> ordered, <laughs> i ordered stickers Ooh. right and i wasn't reading i was just like oh yeah this looks nice da, 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 da. i ordered one inch by one inch stickers y'all these stickers when i say they tiny they're so small they're like the size of a quarter so this we're not gonna give the like if you see me in the street i'll give you one but i'm not gonna mail a one inch sticker so what we're gonna do is wait for the mailing list to to pass a certain threshold yeah and then and we'll send them out yeah um my so bad. until then my bad is coming soon <laughs> they look cute though like when they're, they when they're they decide adorable. i want them to be they're gonna be really nice <laughs> they're adorable um uh, but yeah uh the, i put one um, on my phone it's so cute so cute but yeah, too small. Maybe I should put a bunch of them on this phone case and then like we can raffle off the phone case. Oh my <laughs> god. Cover it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would be a good idea. Maybe maybe one day soon we'll have phone case merch. We'll see. we we'll cool. see where it takes us. Um embroider stuff. I told you that, but that's for another conversation. Anyways, but yeah, um, so to get in our mailing list, go to our website, it'll pop up. It'll be a little box. Give us yeah. your email. Yeah. It's just me and Jared. It's not like we have some evil corporation behind us asking us for email. <laughs> no, girl. It's just it's just us. Too little, you know. To us, to us. We're just us. Um, <laughs> I I don't really no no final cross for me. I just wanted to. This is um, I'm not sponsored in any way um, by Banco Namkai or um, Tarsi uh, Tarsi Studios, but um, Little Nightmares Two. Oh, I saw you post that you were playing was finally released um on the 11th uh, i've been waiting for this game since 2019 really since i played the first one but um it, it is um a puzzle war platformer game uh on the switch the, i've seen it it's like you're this little thing in a red in a yellow raincoat right you're like running around yeah the first one um it uh it, if i i want it like very Coraline like yeah um the sequel was phenomenal um it's just it's a it oh god uh, talk about unsettling horror so basically you're playing um a child and you're going through like this dark world you're trying to stop this um this evil entity um like who's controlling like the signal tower and you go through like uh, uh like the woods you go through a school um like there's a hospital that, like it's the game is so much fun it's so charming it is <laughs> The hospital level, my God. I was playing that at like two o'clock. I was terrified, okay? Did you, are you on Twitch? Did you stream it? I, girl, look, I, I'm going to leave Twitch to the children. <laughs> I'm going to leave Twitch to the girls. Twitch is not for me. Uh, I'll watch the Let's Plays, but I, I don't think I will ever, I don't think I'll ever be on Twitch. That's just too much for me. Um, but 
I should, I probably should have recorded myself playing though, especially the hospital level. Cause that was, like I said, that was scary, but I just want to say if y'all are into um, visual storytelling, um, like horror, um, and especially like charming horror, like if you loved Coraline, I feel like you would love these games, but Little Nightmares 2 is phenomenal. Tarsier Studios, they're the shit. They're, they're doing the damn thing over there. I would love to write for the next game. I'll just like, I'll, you know, passport, fly me over to Sweden. Like, let's make it happen. But the game is phenomenal, y'all. Um, PS4, Switch, your computer. Um, play it, if, if, even if you've never played the first one. Um, but get both. I think they're really good. Um, also, Super Mario 3D World was the release for the Switch. It was on the Wii U before they did the port for the Switch. I hadn't played in years. I forgot how much fun it was. Bowser's Fury is an add-on. It's also very fun. I'm basically letting my little video game nerd, nerd flag fly here. Just let you guys know I had a great weekend in terms of video games. And I feel like I speak for all of the podcast people when I say, you can't tell the people you play these games without giving them the option to watch you play these games. So I'm going to peer pressure you into making a YouTube. <laughs> I am weird. I, I didn't sign up for this. Okay. Peer I, pressure. Peer pressure. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. I'm about to call the dare people on you. <laughs> she is pressuring me to do things I don't want to do. Lock her up. <laughs> but yeah, um, but yeah, guys, um, I'm a I love video games. So they're just they just really blessed my weekend and I had so much fun with them. I beat Little Nightmares 2 already, although I hear there's a secret ending after you get everything all of it that's what i need to go do um you know what i played what? jack and daxter jack and Dax. that sounds familiar i bought it we have a ps5 and they had all three of them on sale for 15 dollars, so i bought them all oh yeah i forgot brandon does have a ps5 um but yes they're great games so y'all play the games listen to us do the thing um that's it for this episode of Scary Crit. Um, so we will see y'all uh, next week. And I uh, yes, till okay. next week, podcast people. All right, farewell. Later. <laughs>